0: that we will testify the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, yes, that we Lord. will be the light of this world, Father, God, because you're worthy that we're not supposed to be hiding, mm-hmm. God, that we're supposed to spread the good news of the gospel, Father, God, that we will share with those around us, Father, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, Lord Jesus, that we will be the people of God, doing the will of God for the glory of God, Lord yes, Jesus. Lord. What amazing you are for! God, got the good, and the grace, the the, the the great love that you have for us, God. Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful, Lord Jesus, that you rescue me. All of us, you rescue us, and now we are coming together to worship you, God, to testify your goodness, your love, your mercy, Lord Jesus, your grace, Lord Jesus. They transform us from the inside out, Lord Jesus, and we are not finished, God. So what we ask you, God, that you continue to do this work in us, Father God, and forgive us when we don't do what you call us to do, Lord Jesus. Help us, Holy Spirit. Give us conviction where conviction is needed. Guide us and strengthen us, Lord Jesus, to spread the gospel. Help us to be the light in a crooked and perverse generation, God, that we will never, ever, Lord Jesus, and this is my prayer every single day, my God, that I will never deny the name of Jesus Christ, no matter what comes my way, that I will be strong to say, Yes, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, no matter what, if it's going to cost me my life, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, for what you are going to do to us during this day. And we ask you, God, that you use your servant, that you are strengthening him physically, mentally, spiritually, Father God, that he will be able to deliver the message that you already placed in his heart to us, Father God. And again, Lord Jesus, that we will now be hearers of the world, God, but that we will be doors for Jesus and that we will be bold and courageous to testify the goodness of the Lord and the light of the living In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>
1: Christ. Lord, your word tells us that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. God, that we are no longer bound. We've been liberated. God, we've been engrafted in. We are your children. The children of God. A royal priesthood. A holy people. Set apart for your purpose yes, Lord. in this hour, in this generation. As long as there's breath in our body, Father, you've set us aside to do the work in which you have prepared for us to do. Mm-hmm. To advance your kingdom, to do the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. And so, oh God, may we be faithful to that calling, Lord. May we not look to the right or to the left or look behind, but Father, may we keep our eyes focused. And fixed upon Jesus. If we are Christians. Mm. If we truly have been born again. Mm. Born of the Spirit. Mm. God, your words that you've given us. Everything we need to live this life you've called us to. Yes. God, we're without excuse. Mm. So strengthen your people today, Father. I pray and for those mm. who god may be with us or listening later who aren't christians god i pray father they would be drawn to christ today i pray holy spirit that today would be the day that you would harvest the seed that has been planted and watered and that today would be the day of salvation for them and that heaven would rejoice because a sinner has repented Mm -hmm. and has received this free gift of salvation so, Father, I thank You for Your living Word. Mm -hmm. pray, God, that as we open it, Lord, that we we would be attentive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Bring correction to our lives, Father. Bring conviction. Lord, may Your Word go forth and and penetrate us to the depths of our being, Father. Mm -hmm. And as issues are being exposed, may the healing come, Father. As we repent, as we believe, and as we turn to Christ, and we all in agreement say, yes, Lord. Yes, and it's our desire, God, that you would come again, Father. Yes, the spirit and the bride collectively say, come, Lord Jesus. Yes, yes, sir. And so, Father, find us faithful as we wait for your precious promise of your return. Yes, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. 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 Application. Sustained effort, hard work comes from the root word apply to give one's full attention to a task, to work hard. Last week I spent a lot of time talking about you can't really apply truth unless you truly have confidence in Him. Do you truly believe in Jesus Christ, that He is the Son of God, and that He rose from the dead, and we've talked about that for quite some time over the years, but that's, the Bible tells us, that's the foundation of our belief. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that He rose from the dead. And all who would believe in that, have that belief in that confession, are those who are born again. Because in and of ourselves, we wouldn't conjure that up. It has to be revealed to us. But in that revelation of it, we see ourselves sinful, rebellious. That's why it humbles us to receive from him, because there's nothing in us that could ever allow us to even come close to him. Because in and of our own nature, we resist him. That's why I shared with you last week, you know, people always say, well, the Bible, man wrote the Bible. No, men would have never written the Bible. Because the Bible exposes the condition of men. Their rebellious nature. Oh, but the beauty of it all. In that revelation of, 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 of our old nature, we see God for truly who He is. He's just, he's holy, he's loving, he's kind, he's slow to anger, he's merciful. Like, do we know him? It's our confidence in what Christ has accomplished. Because if so, then application shouldn't be hard for us. It shouldn't be hard. Because not, we're not working, if you would, so hard to believe and try to do it, because it's already done in Christ. And our position now, if you read all through the New Testament, is in Christ. You're seated with Christ. That's why Jesus says, you must abide in me, remain in me, apart from me. You could do nothing. So many times we, we try to do all the religious works. We, we try to apply the truth and then we get frustrated because we see nothing coming from it. There's no obedience coming from our lives. And then we just turn inward to ourselves and look how bad we are. We just can't be like all the other Christians. But the reality is, is we're doing it in our own strength. But it's not by my mind nor by my power, but it's by the Spirit of the living God. This is a Spirit-filled walk. (laughs) We are to walk habitually in the Spirit so that we won't gratify the desires of the flesh. We are to seek Him, knowing that we will find Him if we seek Him with our whole heart. So application comes forth from the confidence that we have in the one who called us out of darkness and brought us into his marvelous light. We know that we have been transferred in and grafted in to his family. But man, too many of us are still rooted in our old families. Too many of us are still stuck back over here Bound by strongholds and soul ties to this. But we have been set free. Yes. We're now engrafted in. We are a new people. New desires. Yes. New wants. A new family. In Christ. In Christ. And so we learn now how to live this out through Christ and our confidence in Him, growing in Him, maturing in Him, applying what we're learning, knowing that we're never going to be fully matured until we are with Him. We're not going to be perfected until we are with Him, but until then we are to keep maturing. So, we are to work hard. We're to give one's full attention because we realize we are still behind enemy lines, and everything in this realm and in this realm and within us is still screaming at us, trying to lure us back to our old ways, to our old desires, to our old mindsets, to our old strongholds, to our old soul ties. There's a new way to live. This is the way. (laughs) The way of the Lord. And that's why, as I've been focusing over the past few weeks, the call of a disciple to deny yourself, to pick up the cross, and to follow Him. To deny yourself. It doesn't come easy. Because we're all about ourselves. But not in Christ. Because it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ living in and through me. So my decisions, my wants, and my needs, and my rights are no longer my own. They're Christ. They belong to Him. And so in order to truly to deny yourself, to truly grasp this concept, the only way through this is through the cross. By picking up the cross, deny yourself, pick up the cross, and again, this instrument of, of, of brutal torture, death, pain, intense emptying of yourself, I mean, Christ, before he took upon the cross, he was in a garden praying. Is there any other way? (laughs) But not my will. Your will. Some of us, (laughs) we, we have no concept of what it is to pick up the cross. Because as soon as it gets uncomfortable for us, as soon as it becomes foreign to us, as soon as you what do you mean I can't do this any longer, and I can't live this way any longer, and I can't have this relationship any longer, and I can't do this any longer. Well, then I don't want the cross, I don't want to follow you. Because I identify with all of this. And then Christ would say to you, You're not fit for my kingdom. You're not fit for my kingdom because you keep looking back. There's to no, be no other relationship before me. Yeah. Not your mama. Not your children. Not your spouse. Not your grandchildren. Not your dead relatives. Yeah. Not your friends. There's to be no other relationship before me. And you keep putting them before me. Then we wonder why we're not growing. Then we wonder why nothing's happening. We just become religious. Because we don't want to pick up the cross. We don't have to want to go through that. Of being emptied out of ourselves. And learning what it is to follow him. He says, deny yourself, pick up the cross, follow me, follow me. He doesn't, he doesn't mince words. He doesn't make it easy. He's not passing out cakes and muffins and hugs and hot chocolate and making everything just his sweet, rosy, you know, life. No, it's going to be hard. And that's why he tells us. We just spent three weeks about the end times. He tells us all you're seeing is just birth pains. The worst is coming. So, what have you done? What have we done with that knowledge? Mm -hmm. Wrapped up in ourselves? A poor little lives, a poor little insecurities, a poor this, me, myself, and I, and we're not picking up the cross. We're not seeking Him. The church is so confused of what her identity is, but we have to wake up. We have to wake up. It's to give your full attention. It's hard work, application, sustained effort, so that obedience would come forth from your life. And there's this newness that comes forth from you because of the death that you're daily dying to what is old what is behind. I mean, this is the reality. This is the Christian message. <laughs> and yet we tried to make it this weird message where we just tie it up with a nice little bow. Isn't this cute? Isn't he cute? Isn't this nice and warm and lovely? But it's never been that way. I mean, lest we forget, like the scripture we read just a few weeks ago, when the early church was being reminded, do you remember the zeal and the love that you had in the beginning when they were beating you, when they arrested you, when everything was taken from you? What? I mean, I
2: don't
1: know... I mean, we know what it is. It's Doctrine of Demons that strip it down to keep you stuck on yourself. Mm -hmm. Your problems. Your issues. (laughs) I was listening to this thing yesterday where this guy is facing 10 years in prison because he shared a meme. (laughs) And our government has gone after him. And it's prosecuted him. He wasn't even the originator of the meme, he just shared it. But it went, it went against the establishment, so they had to find one person. Yeah. And the weight and the force of our government has come down on him. And he's just an average Joe. He's nobody. And yet they're making him. the one that's going to suffer. But he ended his interview yesterday and he says, my only hope in all of this is that I know that through suffering comes redemption. I was like, wow, I don't know if he's a Christian. I I would pray with that type of depth of understanding that he would be Because I was like, God, that's beautiful. Like, What we have to suffer as we're picking up the cross, as we're denying ourselves, picking up the cross. Because you can't pick up the cross unless you deny yourself. Because yourself will never pick up the cross. Because it knows the pain. It knows the suffering. Oh, no. I don't want that. Just bless me and pay my rent, Jesus. Keep my lights on, Jesus. No, no. Called to suffer. Because through suffering, redemption comes. Yes. this is the hope of the believer. That's why if you're truly born again, you're not hesitant about picking up the cross. You're not hesitant to deny yourself, to get over yourself. Because you understand that the ways of the kingdom are not the ways of the world. And that's why Jesus says that my people must first seek My kingdom. Then things will be added. And so seriously, we have to wake up and get rid of this weird Christianity that we're living. That's not even Christianity. Because we don't like to suffer. We don't like people not liking us. We don't like, you know, not not feeling comfortable around our families and our friends. We don't like that, because so we don't want that. And so we want to make him to be someone that he's not. Just so that we can have a form of religion that makes us feel good about our selves. And that's how wicked we are. So I don't know if you've really grasped that yet or not. Mm -hmm. We would rather create our own idol than pick up the cross. Mm -hmm. We would rather put our desires and our wants and our hopes and what we've created than what Christ has called us to. Deny yourself, pick up the cross, and follow me. So, I don't know what you've done this week with the message from last week or the message you've heard over the past year on ap- application. But again, I say not to berate you or to beat you up or make you, oh, I can't do anything right. No, it's just the reality. It's a wake-up call. If you're not applying truth, then wake up. Deny yourself. Pick up the cross and follow Him. Because I'm telling you, if you haven't picked up the cross and begin to follow Him, I doubt seriously that you can boldly confess that he is the Son of God and he rose from the dead. Mm -hmm. They may just be words. They can just rattle off your tongue. But that's not truly your belief. Because what you believe, you live out. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people saying a lot of things, but that doesn't mean they believe it. Your belief is who you are. It's who and what you identify with. Everything It's what you hold dear. So Jesus says, deny yourself, pick up the cross, and follow me. This instrument of brutal death and torture, pick it up. Follow me. I've gone before you. I'll see you through it. Don't let it intimidate you. Don't be overwhelmed by it. I've got you. I've got you because I've called you to it. Because this is the only way. This is the way. This is the way out of what you're in. This is the way out from what's coming for you. My wrath. You're not meant to be a child of wrath any longer. Like I'm calling you out to become a child of love, a child of God. But everything about you must end, must end. And there's a new way in which you shall learn to now application so applying the bible is the duty of all christians if we don't apply it the bible becomes nothing more to us than a normal book and a practical collection of old manuscripts that is why paul says whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put into practice and the god of peace will be with you when we apply the bible god himself would be with us the degree to which we study, memorize, and meditate on God's word is the degree to which we understand how it applies to our lives. But understanding how the word applies is not enough. We must actually apply it. Lord, I woke up with all these things flooding my, meat, my feed on social media. And I guess it's probably been out there for some time, but there's this new movement now. And they even have a documentary that's out there. And it's just the rewritten of the word of God. And how when man did this translation back in whatever, it shifted the culture. And it, and, it, and, it, and it began to keep people from truly experiencing who they really were. And I'm reading all this stuff and I'm like, my God. Jesus If you're not secured in Christ and you see this and you see these clips of this documentary, you're like, oh, wow. The church is wrong. The church has been wrong. (laughs) I go, gee, I'm looking at all these comments and I'm like, God, help us. See, I don't know what you're doing weekly, daily, moment by moment. To ground yourself in truth. Because again, I just spent three weeks. If you need to, go back and listen to the messages the past three weeks on what the end times are going to look like. <laughs> the level of deception, the doctrines of demons that are rising up. And they've always been. But the, the, the level of it. What? That's why I've told you if you've ever been around me for even a moment of your time. You've heard me say, if you hear the gospel being delivered to you that gives you the right to self, run from it. Run from it. Run from it. Because it contradicts what Jesus tells us. Deny yourself, pick up the cross, and follow me. The devil will love nothing more than you to make a mockery of the call of a disciple. To stay bound to your wants, to your desires, to your strongholds, to your soul ties, to everything that's behind you. Keep giving in to things and doing things that you ought not to be doing. Oh, why do I keep doing it? Because you're not picking up the cross. You're intimidated by the cross. Because you don't even deny yourself. You're not following Christ if you're not carrying your cross. Capture that. (laughs) Did you hear that? You can't say you're a follower of Christ if you're not carrying the cross. This brutal instrument of torture and death. That rid you of yourself and become this new person because you've been born again of the Spirit. And so you're not bound to the temporalness of this life because you've been liberated. this is a message, you all. And yet, this is foreign to most people. They don't like it. No, we don't like that. That's okay. It's not for me to convince you. It's the Holy Spirit. Read the Word. From Genesis to Revelation, you're not going to find anything different. No matter how they want to twist it, no matter how they want to spin it, no matter how they're trying to present it nowadays. And this casual Christianity. Let's rework it. And then I love this, I don't know who she is, but Lord, I gotta find out who she is. Her name is Katie Vaughn, is that her name? Kat Vaughn? Von? Vonice? Oh, She's the
2: eight. the Kat Vonies. God,
1: I just, I don't know who she is. I know nothing. I've never heard of her in my life. But all of a sudden she come to Christ. Yes. And the church is irritated by her.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, what the heck are y'all? But I love what she, she said this quote this week. And she says, and she says, it's like I've been deprogrammed. Yeah. I said, come on, girl. I don't know who you are. I pray to God your testimony is true. But Jesus, what you're saying, everything is pointing as it is. It's upsetting the religious people because religious people don't like freedom. Yes. <clears throat> Capture that. Yeah. The religious folks in the church, they don't like freedom. Because they refused to pick up the cross. But this woman, her baptism is so beautiful. She was a hardcore, from what I understand, she was a hardcore anti-Christ, Christian, like, black. And then Christ saves her and delivers her, born again. Mm -hmm. And that's how she describes it. I feel as if I've been deprogrammed. Because that's what it is, you all. Like, you're like, wait, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't do this anymore. I don't, I don't have to think this way. It doesn't even feel comfortable to me anymore. Because yeah. you've been born again. Your, your, your new nature <clears throat> does not like any of that. It doesn't even know any of that. It doesn't even want to go to it. It doesn't want to be yoked to it. It has a desire and a hunger. <clears throat> Pick up the cross. feel its weight and its pain but I'm following the one who called me. That doesn't make sense. Why are you taking it so serious? Somebody's called you to do. They say all this crazy stuff because they just want you to put down the cross. The enemy wants nothing more then you need to put down the cross because that's what his call is. Yeah. Put down the cross, turn back to me. So you choose each day. But that's the importance mm-hmm. of application. Okay. Applying it. <clears throat> Living it. It's not one foot in, one foot out. It's not I'm here today and I'm gone tomorrow. It's not I got a revelation, a prophetic word today, but tomorrow yet I'm cursing and all this junk is coming from my life. Oh God, help us. Mm, That's the call. That's the call. So application. (laughs) Application. Implies action and obedient action is the final step in causing God's word to come to life in our lives. The application of scripture enforces and further enlightens our study. It also serves to sharpen our discernment, discernment, helping us to better distinguish between good and evil. There ought to be no confusion in a believer's life. Is this good? Is this evil? No. You already know. If you're growing, if you're applying, Mm -hmm. you already know, wait, why am I thinking these thoughts? Well, because the word of God says, take every thought captive and bring them into the obedience of his lordship. That's carrying your cross. Mm -hmm. That's you crying out not my will, but your will be done. I wish there was another way out of this, Jesus, but if there's not not my will, your will be done. I don't need to go back. I don't need to keep thinking this way. I don't need to keep responding this way. My fears, my insecurities, my this and that, don't have to continue to define me. I just got to continue walking, walking, walking. I'm keeping my eyes on you. That's why I love that one song. The amount of power just in the hem of his garment. There's more power in the hem of his garment than the power in the enemy camp. And some of us, see the enemy stronger and more powerful than our God. That's one of my favorite biblical testimonies. She pressed through that crowd. She was unclean. She was a woman. Everything about her culturally She shouldn't have been there. But that didn't stop her. For years, she was suffering. For years, she was an outcast. For years, she was lonely. For years, she was tormented. For years, she wrestled with her insecurities. For years, she wrestled with her doubt. For years... She grew comfortable in the weight of her burden until one day she heard of one. What? Who? Who is he? What can he do? What is it about him? There was an awakening that began in her. What? What? I'm going. Get everything I know. Everything that tells me no. And I will get down. I don't care if they trample me. Crushing her. Under their feet. What she must have had to endure. As that crowd was pressing in on Jesus. Yeah. The suffering she endured. Because if I could just touch the hem of his garment. Yeah. I know. That I will be healed. Man, are you kidding me? Uh, you know how many times she probably reached out, but another boot came off. Another sandal came down on her hand. Another body pressed her against just kept Just trying to get to it. And finally she touched it. And Jesus turns around. Who touched me? And the disciples are like. "Lord, forth. There's so many people. What do you mean who touched you? No. 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 Who touched me? Because it went out from me. And I can just see it now. Crowd's kind of moving. There she is, and Jesus sees her. I did, Lord. And He tells her, "My, He tells her, my daughter, your faith
2: has healed you." What?
1: And in an instant. She was whole, you all. In an instant. In an instant. Her life is forever changed. And let me tell you, when your life is forever changed, you don't go back to your suffering. Everything that she identified with all those years, she knew no longer. Because she's new as it is with us when we're born again like everything that's back here is
0: back there
1: everything is new how then shall we live Christ will follow you I'm to to deny myself I'm to pick up the cross and I'm to follow you you got me so my confidence is in you it's not in me trying to do good it's not in me doing the right things it's not no it's just you've done it and it's no longer I who's living but you're living in me that I need to get out of the way and the only way that I'm going to learn to what it is means to get out of the way to deny myself and to die to myself by picking up the cross so I can have the power To say, no. I will take thoughts captive. And I will learn what it is to be under your lordship so I can bring them into obedience to what I know to be true in whom I have my confidence in. And this transforming work that's taking place in me, I can't even point to myself, it's because of you. So when others see it, when others inquire about it, it's nothing of me, it's all of Christ. And so I look strange and peculiar to those who are still bound to the temporal because I'm no longer living on the temporal. And again, that's why Jesus, when he begins to shift his teaching to the cross, when he begins to shift his teaching about the sufferings, when he begins to shift And it says, now you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. The multitude go, as we've heard, because I say it all the time here. This is too hard for us to understand. And in an instant, they turned around and went back to their old way of living. Shucking and driving, carrying on, lying, feverish. Pouring around, whatever it was, whoever they were is what they went back to. And Jesus didn't say anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He just stood there. He didn't, even, he didn't even call down fire to burn them all up. No, he just watched. And then he looked at the 12. Are you going too? Where can we go? You hold the words to eternal life. And yet one of them still was of the devil. Hanging around with them. It was hard for the others to understand. Because they didn't want to suffer. Just keep feeding us. Just keep doing for us, Jesus. We like it like this, Jesus. But hold off on this flesh, eating of your flesh, and drinking of your blood talk. It's a bit, it's a bit too much for us to understand. We don't even want to further that conversation. We don't, even want, to, we don't even want to ask, what on earth are you talking about? No, we just don't understand. So we go back. But the suffering that comes... We're following him. And yet, that's not a popular message. It wasn't popular when Jesus taught it. It's not popular now, and it's not going to be popular in the future. I mean, we're already told. The the, the doctrines of demons are going to increase. The teachings that are going to go out there, these false Christs, these, these, these shepherds who are actually wolves. Their teeth are showing. They're devouring God's people. Not because God is weak. Not because God can't put a stop to it. No, it's because the people don't really want to know their God. And God will never force you to love him. These people who get devoured, these people who get caught up in the doctrines of demon, these people who start off strong but fade quickly, because they have no love for God. It's only love for self. So that way, at the end of days, when they stand before the God and whom they say that they love, it's really exposed that, no, you don't. Because I don't even know you. You worker of iniquity. You lover of self. Depart from me. For all eternity, you will reap what you sought after. See, this? you can't make this stuff up. This is a cosmic war going on in the heavenly realms for your soul. And I'm just supposed to stand up here or you just expect pastors or, you know, evangelists or uh, mature Christians to, you know, just coddle and just be, you know. <laughs> but when you understand the weight when you understand that the, the, everything that you're doing in front of others that you know is affecting their eternities, so either you care more about the eternal the eternal side of them than their temporalness. You would love them enough, even though it's hard, even though it's not easy, even though it's not the most popular, to be able to warn them and to say, return to God. I mean, there's a lot of people who who talk a lot of things about Jesus. And I love it when people tell me, oh, I talked to so-and-so, I talked to so so oh, yeah, and they were so quick to talk about Jesus, oh, and it's like there's a celebratory, like, you know, thing going on. Like, and, and you left it like that? I mean, you just had an open door, you just had an open, the door just wide open for you to... Speak truth! And you're just happy they just said Jesus, but they're not even talking about the real Jesus. They've been led astray, but yet you had an opportunity. Well, they stepped foot into church. Okay. Well, they said a little prayer. Okay. But if they're unimpacted and they're comfortable <laughs> something's wrong. See it would be different if I talk to so and so man like God's been doing something in because there's I see this struggle, this internal struggle within them. Oh, that's beautiful. There's a way to minister. There's a way to come alongside and encourage. But if you're talking to someone, they're just like flipping about Jesus and da da da, and you don't see no eternal or nothing like going on. Something's wrong. The devil don't mind talking about Jesus. Heck, you don't even mind bringing up God's word to you. But he's so smooth with it, he twists it. And that's what I'm telling you. That's why we got to wake up. We got to wake up. Yeah. We can't do church like we've done church. We can't just keep going the ways we're going when we're seeing what's happening in the world <coughs> and on the earth and how it's <coughs> escalating. And we think we're just going to keep just sitting back and just ghosting. I like, oh no, know it's all about war. Every day, you're getting up. And before you go preach it to anyone else, I keep telling you, preach it to yourself. Every day, before you get up out of bed, you better get your heart right with God. Every day, you better tell that old man, that old woman, you're not up. You're not getting up with me. You're dead. You're nailed to his cross. You've got no room here today. (coughs) Jesus... (laughs) I'm all yours. Holy Spirit, full access. Give me the strength to pick up that cross as I go into that office,
2: Mm.
1: as I go into that store, as I have to endure this trial in my life. So many times we make our trials our crosses, and that's not the cross. And you say, well, how do I know the difference? Yet though the cross is torturous and brutal, because you're following Jesus, it's not burdensome. And no one else sees you carrying it. Mm -hmm. Unless you put on a show. Oh, my life for Jesus. Devil. Devil. Mocking Jesus. Jesus. I mean, don't forget the woman who was possessed when Paul stepped in. These are the men of the Most High God. Listen to what they have to say. These are the men of the Most High God. Listen to what they have to say. These are the men of the Most High God. Listen to what they have to say. say, shut up! And come out of her! She collapses. She's set free. And her owners... Or live it. The devil don't mind acting a fool, so I'm not impressed with your suffering. <laughs> suffering for Jesus, it's just, just keeping through. It's so hard. <laughs> like, oh God, it's freeing. It's brutal. It's torturous. But it doesn't consume Because your eyes are on Jesus. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. And if my freedom comes through my dying, then Lord, may I die daily. Yes. At the level of freedom, I keep... Achieving is through the death that I'm dying that kill me daily. It's opposite of the ways of the temporal realm. I mean, even the Bible, even the New Testament, the, as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit to pen these letters, they were like, we're speaking to you like you're ignorant. <laughs> because you can't understand spiritual things. So we're trying to dumb it down for you at least. <laughs> oh, come on, you all. Come on, come on. <coughs> yes, there's your season in which you get the bottle. Yes, you need that spiritual milk to kind of Oh, this tastes I don't need more <laughs> But we gotta get beyond that. Especially in today's generation. There's an all-out assault. Unlike we you've ever seen before. It's been there, but it's been mainly behind the scenes. Yeah. Now, the devil don't mind. He's just showing up in the pulpits. Showing up in the prayer centers. Showing up in the prophetic movement. Just showing up and showing off. got to wake up, got to wake up, because we're going to be the people of God doing the will of God for the glory of God, go to James chapter 1, oh Jesus, 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 (laughs) James chapter 1 verse 22 through 25, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. You've heard this scripture all year. Multiple times. Highlight it. Circle it. Meditate upon it this week. Sit in it for a bit. But just don't listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. You're doing it to yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing it at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, but you look. But if you look carefully, I'm sorry. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So you're not to forget. You're not just to allow the enemy to come in and just snatch it. You're not to allow the cares and the weight of this life to choke it out. The seed is being sown. Your heart should be of good soil. Did you get up today and begin to pray? I mean, honestly. I mean, this is the reality. Did you really spend time in prayer, committed time in prayer today for the soil of your heart? And you say, well, no, I didn't. Well, then something's wrong with your Christianity. Christianity. What did you think? Just roll out of bed, poof, I'm a Christian? Well, I don't have to protect my heart. I don't have to worry about the realms. I don't have to, it's all, uh, you're so flippant about it? Show me that somewhere in here. (coughs) Like you were coming to church. At least you got through the door. But did you prepare your heart like, God, I'm going, I'm going to be amongst the family of Christ and God, we're going to open up your word. God, we're going to hear from you. God, there's been things in this week that I haven't really addressed because I've just been too busy. But God, I need my heart right because I don't want the word snatched from me. I don't want the cares of my life that I will face this week to choke it out. God, I want my heart to be a good... That's how you're praying this way. And if you're not, something's wrong. Well, I prayed that last Tuesday. What? Well, it hasn't carried you on. Because I'm sure if your mind and your heart could be exposed in front of us, we'll see. It hasn't carried you. This is everyday life, you all just like you live in the world and of your flesh, you did things regularly because it just was who you were. So what do you think? Being a Christian, it's just poof, I'm a Christian and I can just keep living however I want. I don't have to worry about my thoughts. I don't have to worry about my heart. I don't have to worry about applying and moving and and putting in things into practice. Oh, God's got me. I'm covered. i do not have to do anything. God's got me. Oh. Well, then wasn't a Jesus a fool then <laughs> for coming if God's got you? If all it is is God's got you, But what crazy talk is Jesus speaking to his followers? Why is he warning them of what's coming? No, he's telling them, put it into practice. You're the people of God now. There's a way in which you're to live. It's brand new to you. You've got to mature in it. You've got to grow in it. Those who endure to the end will be saved. This is what's going to happen. But keep pressing on. Keep your eyes on me. Keep advancing forward. It's a movement of moving forward, of maturing. Yes, God's got you. But the mark of a true believer is God's in you. Because of the Holy Spirit. And that's why the Word of God says you are to be walking in the Spirit so that you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. But how can you walk in the Spirit if you don't even understand what it means? Because you're allowing yourself to remain ignorant. That's why discipleship is vital, because you're growing. And the beauty of the scripture is you don't forget it. It goes on. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself. Your religion is worthless. Take that this week. When you want to spout out because you have a right to spout out because of what these people do. Bah, 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 bah. Fool. You're only fooling yourself. But you don't know what they did. Die to yourself. Well, they ought to be held accountable. Get over yourself. Get up. And move on. Stop just overreacting over everything and anything. If you claim to be religious, but you don't control your tongue, you're only fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. It's it's nothing. It's nothing. Well, I prayed for 10 hours. Who cares? You don't have no control, you have no self control over your tongue. And your prayers are probably soulish and selfish. I mean, come on. I spoke prophetically. Who cares? The devil can do that. Who cares about all that? When there's no evidence within you Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress. And lest we just stop there and become so religious we just do all these religious works because look how right we are with God because we do all of this. Oh no. And refusing to let the world corrupt you. That is what we're striving for as we're moving forward. As the spirit of the living God is drawing us to himself. This is the beauty of the Christian life. It's the beauty of the Christian life. And we're out there peddling some weird gospel. These people don't know how great our God is, (laughs) but oh, what we have to declare! (laughs) Knowing good and well, it's a that declaration is a declaration of war against three realms that hate God. That hate God. But yet, that's what he calls us to. You're mine. I've got you. I can do what they want to that temporal body. I've got you. You're mine. Just give it to me me bring you what you've got to go through to get you to i mean he tells peter yes. Peter's like what about them <laughs> don't worry about them peter oh god what i have for you i <laughs> could you imagine if jesus if the spirit of god woke in you up and tells you all what you, you know what i'm saying like that's so bold like what jesus and we just want to put on a show for people. But this is the reality. This is the reality. Are we living it? Again, it goes back to what I was saying. How are you going through your day living? Lining yourself up with truth. Not a concept, but a person. Christ there's a lot of things I wish I could do in and of myself and react in and of myself and address in and of myself. (laughs) But I'm learning now over the years. Oh, no. My God. (sighs) Okay. So, I recognize... What I'm sharing with you is what I share with myself daily. But the reality is Christ has us. He is seeing us through. He's calling us to something greater than what we see before ourselves with our temporal eyes. And I don't want to be bound to the temporalness. I don't want to cling to dust. I want to cling to christ and i want to call others to christ return to god through christ he's making remember the scripture says he's making his appeal through us how was that done this week in your life well i got this i got going you know, he understands no he no he doesn't no he doesn't care about your schedule Because your schedule trumped his. Well, I said, so, oh, I can't. I, I, so, oh, I, can, I can't go to, no, I, I, no, I don't have time for Bible. No, I don't have time for. No, I don't have t- But he understands. Who? Who understands? <laughs> Do you see, see how wicked we are? <coughs> and how easily deceived we are. i don't forget years and years and years ago. That used to be my excuse. And when the Holy Spirit gripped my heart and brought me down low, you're overriding me? Like what? Like I'm telling y'all, we just gotta wake up. just gotta wake up. (laughs) Go to 1 Timothy, chapter 2. Ah oh, Jesus, Jesus. It's great to be a Christian. <laughs> if you're truly born again. <laughs> if you're not, Second Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen. Yeah, it's 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 quite rough. <laughs> when you're doing it in your own strength. But when you're truly a Christian, when you've truly been born again, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, you're following Christ, there's a zeal, there's a desire within you each day. You've called me out for yourself like God, yes, thank you. You didn't have to, but you did. You purposed me, you knew me. He's intimately acquainted with us. And I said this a couple weeks ago. He's so intimately acquainted with us, He knows where we're spending eternity either with Him or in hell. That's how intimately He's acquainted with you. He knows your heart already. He knows those who He's chosen who belong to Him. And He knows those who will reject Him for all eternity. And it still doesn't thwart his plan. Doesn't make him a lesser God. Makes him a greater God. Because he. Shines on the just and the unjust. (laughs) But in the end of days you all. It's going to be a lot of people surprised. But it's not because he's a bad God. No, he's done everything to reveal himself to mankind. But mankind in and of themselves said, no, you're not God. We like a little bit of your characteristics, so we'll form one and poof, this will be our God. That's what you want, he says. Have it. Have your share of it, your fill of it. Feast off of it. Because in the end, it's all you got. And even then, when he turns us over, he's moving in the midst of it. Still rebuilding himself, the truth of who he is. And yet, people still reject him. This is what we're dealing with every day, you all. And you think you're just going to get up out of bed. Poof, I'm a Christian. I'm just going through the motions. Oh no, you've been born again. And so it's an exciting life. You're out of the kingdom of God. Like what? Like your worship, you understand the depth of what it is to worship, not to miss it. You understand the depth of cultivating a devotional time and protecting it. I will you will begin to understand the depth of what it means to join in fellowship and the need for it. And you won't look at it as, ah, if I get to it. Like there's something that happens within you that says, no, 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 no. All in, Jesus. Not because of anything of myself, but because you were pleased to reveal yourself to me that I might not die, but that I might live and see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's why those three Hebrew boys didn't bow. (laughs) You see, people all through generations endure, but they said, no, no, God is greater. Do whatever you want to me. But you won't silence me. That's why when they said to the disciples, stop teaching and preaching of his name. Stop saying his name. Keep his name out of your mouth. It's like Will Smith. You know? Keep my wife's name out of your mouth. He slaps the person. That's what, those, that's what those, those Pharisees did. Keep that man's name out of your mouth. They beat him. They beat them. And then where were they? Just a few hours later... Back on the streets, talking about Jesus. See, so you can't stop it. And they weren't burdened, they weren't scared. Well, oh, we can't say anything. No, they just knew. Well, what? This is what I'm trying to encourage you. Your Christian life is not this weird, oh, I'm so scared. No, you. When you're truly born again, it's like what? Wow. I don't know everything, but God, this is amazing. Like I have full access to you, my creator. Like I am, your, I am your ambassador. Like I got full access of heaven. But not to use it for my selfish game, but to get in line with your purpose and your plan and watch you do what you've come to do to save mankind. And we make Christianity to be about paying our bills. But it's about saving mankind. That's why the people in Africa, they understand that. People overseas, they understand that. I will die for this. Because it's about saving my neighbor who hates me.
0: I will tell them about Jesus.
1: That's Christianity, you all. It's not using him to get to your best life now. No. It's about proclaiming to others the best life that ever came to deliver them from this utter destruction. And so we walk upright amongst the wicked and perverse. Though a thousand may fall on this side, ten thousand on that side, it's okay. It shall not come upon me. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can believe and trust in the promises of God because they are yes and amen. And see, there's a way to live. There's a way to move. There's a way just to operate. People say, there's something different about you. Oh, yes, his name is Jesus. Second Timothy, uh, chapter 2, verse 15. <laughs> oh, Lord. Work hard. <laughs> so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker. One who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. That's who you're supposed to be. That's who you're supposed to be. That's how you're maturing. That's how you're growing. A lot of people can hear this type of teaching and they start beating themselves up, blah, blah, blah. And they get so inward and they start processing it in this weird way instead of allowing it to be liberating. Because they're not listening to the Holy Spirit moving in and among them, they're only focusing on themselves. No, I don't want to pick up that cross. I like my life just as it is. God's okay with it. <clears throat> oh, okay. But you're to be able to correctly explain the word of truth. You, you, Christian. Not adding to it and not taking away from it. Not giving people the right to live however they want because it's more comfortable to preach that. But to be able to correctly explain it. Go to Colossians chapter 3. That's the Lord Jesus. We just need to have church for a day. I I can empty myself at everything He's put in me. Oh, merciful God! (laughs) My pages just keep. I gotta get my new sword broken in. My pages stick. So thin. Uh, it's right there. I know. There we go. Colossians chapter three, verse sixteen. Get <laughs> that. Uh, three sixteen. Let the message about Christ and Christ. all of its richness fill your lives, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. It's this message about Christ, you all. This is our message. If nothing else, this is our message. It is the message of Christ. That bids you to come. To repentance. Because of his loving kindness. It's his loving kindness that draws you to repentance. That you see yourself for who you are. This rebellious creature. Who is at war with its creator. And you realize your creator has made a way through. His son, for you to be reconciled back to him, so that you remain whole in your original purpose state. Because you belong to him. You're not meant to live for yourself. No, no.
2: It's
1: the message about. People just want to keep clinging to their lives. And I get it. Been there. Done that. (laughs) I'm like, wow. God, look what you're doing among us. Look at what you're preparing us for. So these are times that we ought to be living, you all. Not retreating. Not still trying to what we can hold on to from our previous lives. No, no, it's time to get up, deny ourselves, pick up our crosses, and follow Him. Go to Matthew chapter 5. It started weeks ago, but it kind of took a detour just with all the events happening in the world. <laughs> but we're back to the Sermon on the Mountain, this teaching, this sermon that Jesus gave. Matthew chapter 5 verse 43 through 48. We're picking back up until we finish this sermon. So we're going to look at two parts of it. Matthew chapter 5 verse 43 through 48 is teaching about loving your loving your enemies. 43 through 48. Jesus' words. You have heard the law that says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children. Of your Father in heaven, for He has given His sunlight to both the evil and the good, and He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is that? What reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that, but you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. These are Jesus' words. Well, He doesn't know what they've done to me. He doesn't know the abuse what I've had to endure in the past and what I endure daily from them, and we make all these excuses. That is why we keep cursing our enemies. And we want to take it into our own hands to deal with them. And you realize that's not Christ's <clears> life.
2: <throat>
1: that's of the devil. And so he's teaching them here no, no. Up is the day of my kingdom. Like, seek first my kingdom. Here's the secret. You want something to apply? Love them. What? This doesn't make any sense. Of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. But when you're born again? What? Yes. This is the way. Wow. Oh, I see it. Well, they're going to think I'm a doormat. They're going to think you just push me out. Listen, no one's telling you to stand around and be beaten to a pulp. I mean, you have to use wisdom, so let's not get, you know, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, once you leave that abusive relationship, still desire to pray for them. Unless mm. we forget, he's our example. They beat the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. They ripped every freaking piece of flesh from his body. He nailed him to a cross. He spat on him. They pierced his side. And while he was hanging there, this lesson years ago when the Holy Spirit was walking me through it letting go and just learning to love from the very essence of love and asking God to forgive people that have hurt me I don't want that to define me any longer that's why when Someone comes into my life who God's delivering and revealing himself to me. And she says to me, they're going to pay. Remember, Norma? They all just have to pay. And remember, I said, pay for what? What they've done. Listen, we all have our own stories. Some are more to the extreme. And we we don't make light of it. But we're talking about people who are born again now. If I was dealing with someone who wasn't born again, well, then okay. But we're talking about people who are born again now of a new nature. That which was done to us, removed. So we have different eyes. and We can look through. I don't have to be their victim anymore. I don't have to harbor ill will towards them. Doesn't mean I got to go hang out with them. Doesn't mean I got to go try to, you know... If God opens up that door, praise be to God. But if he doesn't, I'm not searching for it. you got to use wisdom. <laughs> but it's what's going on in here. It's a matter of the heart of your enemies. You see, even the pagans, even the, tax, the worst of sinners, the tax collectors, they know what to, how to do what's right. Love those who love them. Be nice to their friends. Friend, you know, if you're friendly to me, I'll be friendly to you. <laughs> but no. To extend a hand out to someone who hates you and hates everything about you. Like when I sit down at the table with people. They hate God. They hate pastors. They hate Christians. But yeah, by the time we're finished talking, they're holding my hand. Not because of anything of me. Just I just love them. Even if they rejected me in Christ, Mm -hmm. I still love them. So people know they can show up no matter what they've done, no matter what they've done to me or to Gilda or said about us or whatever. Blah blah blah. And they can show back up. Like, oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. We hold no records of wrong. But that didn't happen overnight. It's just you begin to grow and you begin to mature. Like, God, geez, I want to look like you love. Oh, do you really? Wow. Well, guess what you're going to endure. Because is the only way to bring it out from you. To love your enemies, it's a matter of the heart. Pray for them. Meet with them. We don't have to shun them. We don't have to. That's why I tell people: all that, the world is not. our I mean, they're the enemy towards God. <laughs> but even then. God sent his son to the world to save the world. So if that was God's ultimate plan and purpose, well, guess what? Pull up your big boy and your big girl pants (laughs) and get out there and be about your father's business, seeing mankind reconciled back to God because that's what he's called us to And we can't if we're harboring ill will. I don't want those type of people, that type of person, this, that, that, that. And we all just bleh over people. Yeah, no. Love them. Matthew chapter 6, 1 through 4. He goes on teaching about giving to the needy. Watch out! Don't do your good deeds publicly. To be admired by others. Again, it's all about the matter of the heart, you all. For you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogue and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private. And your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. So offerings. You're giving. you ministering to others. It's not to put on a show it's not it's just who you are now and you ought to be giving <laughs> and if you're not giving something is wrong with your Christianity I'm just being honest I know people are like well the church is always talking about money <laughs> well so is the world and you're yoked to the world You ought to be giving. If you haven't contributed monthly to the needs to the missionaries or the people who we give to or raise, something's wrong, especially if you're here and you're calling this place your church family. No, you're not part of the family. You're just a taker. Well, you don't understand my finances. Well, you don't understand mine. What does that mean? Well, I can't barely give anything. Oh, no? Well, then you're not being wise with what you have. And you ought to be a cheerful giver. And you ought to freely give. And you're not pressured to give because you shouldn't be pressured, but it's just who you are now. Okay, so you sat down, you' done your bills, you paid everything. You've got 10 bucks left for the week. Well God is not calling you to not give, have wisdom. <laughs> but the reality is is what you're going to spend that 10 bucks on. And maybe you don't give the full 10, maybe you just give it 25 cent. In my heart, that's what I'm able to, to do is just 25 cents. Well, praise be to God. God will honor that because that's what's in your heart. And it's not a burden to you to do. It should never be a burden to give. But you ought to be giving. I mean, do you realize the early church, they gave everything because of the needs that were in the church. Well, there's a need, we'll sell this. What there's a need, we'll give this away. What there's a need, well, then, you know, this. Let's do this. And they kept bringing stuff to the table for the disciples to sort through and to divvy out to people. You want to stick by the 10%? Fine, stick by the 10%. Fine. The point is you ought to be giving. And when you give, you don't make a show of it. Well, i am only giving my 25 cents. Now you're making a show of it. Well, things are just so hard, but I'm just gonna give a little. Oh, shh. Well, look, I'm dropping in my $1,000. What kind of nonsense? Stop making a show of it. Or out in public or doing things for people. You don't make a show of it. You just do, you all. It's just who you are now. You just give. You give to those who in need. You don't, you don't hold back. You're not stingy. You know, if you drop dead right now, guess what? These greedy people are going to take whatever you have that's in your life. <laughs> And you held on to it for what? You're to be kingdom minded, and so you sow into the kingdom. You're to contribute, and you can contribute above. Oh, there's more needs. Well, how can I serve? How what? What can I do? What can I give to you? Know you, you just meet the needs, and that you talking to yourself. Because you should be a contributor. Not just a leech. That just takes. And takes. And takes. And drains. And drains. And not contribute. Of your resources. And of your time. Like you learn. To be different you all. So this is an incredible. Incredible. Sermon he's preaching. He's laying this down. It's a, it's a powerful sermon. He's teaching the principles of the kingdom, which is all the matter of the heart. We're going to end today. We'll hopefully get to our scriptures. Next week, we're getting there. But today I'm going to end with the prophecies. This is the final portions of prophecies. We've, for some time now, been walking. And we've had a delay because we went down a, a different route, and which is totally fine. But finally, we're at the end of the prophecies that I want to share with you all concerning Christ. So I've got the final ones for you. And just so you remember, prophecy is important. It shows God's control over history and that what he predicts does come to pass. He is in control of his plan and his purpose. He will have a people that he will call his own and they will call him their God. Prophecy proves the integrity of scripture. It protects us from false teaching and it prepares us for the last days. So this prophecy Not a bone to be broken. Again, these are prophecies concerning Christ. And so not a bone to be broken. Go to Psalm 34, verse 20. Psalm 34, verse 20. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous, not one of them is broken. It was fulfilled in John 19, verse 33. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, so they didn't break his legs. The second one. The prophecies concerning Christ to be buried with the rich. Go to Isaiah 53. Fifty three, verse nine. He had done nothing wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal, he was put in a rich man's grave. There's your prophecy. It was fulfilled in Matthew 27, verse 57 through 60. As the evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimatheus, who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth. He placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a great stone across the entrance and left. Buried among the rich. Description. Prophecy concerning Christ's resurrection. Psalm 16. Verse 10. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. The fulfillment of that, Luke, chapter 24. Luke, chapter 24, verse 36 through 48. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightening, asked? Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost. Because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, "Do you have anything here to eat?" They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it with I'm sorry, and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, "When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me, come on, in the law of Moses, and the prophets, and in the Psalms must be fulfilled." Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Come on. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority, come on, of his name to all the nations. Beginning in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of these things. And finally, his ascension. Psalm 68, verse 18. Again, prophecies concerning Christ. Psalm 68, verse 18. When you ascended to the heights, you led a crowd of captives, you received gifts from the people. Even from those who rebelled against you, now the Lord your God will live among us there. It was fulfilled in Luke 24, verse 50 through 51. Then Jesus led them to Bethany. And lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. So they worshiped him. And then returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all their time in the temple praising God. Prophecies concerning Christ, you all. I'm telling you. (laughs) To be born again of this new nature. Because God is pleased to reveal himself to us through his son Jesus. That we might truly see the condition that we were actually born into when we were coming out from the mother's womb (laughs) in complete rebellion to a holy God. But God has pursued us to reveal himself to us out of his loving kindness. He knows the condition that we're in. And so we don't remain in that condition. No, when you're truly born again, it's of a whole new nature. You've repented. And you have this belief and confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He rose from the dead. And it's your belief. It alters the way you live now. Because the Bible tells us when we're born again, we receive the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, I have to go away so that he will come. And we're not to live lives that grieve the Holy Spirit. No, we are now marked and sealed for the day of redemption. And now we are to lean in to the leading of the Holy Spirit as we're accepting the call of a disciple to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross, and to follow Jesus. There is a way in which we're called to live. I'm going to close this in song, and then I'll close this in prayer. Christ if we're truly born again father that we could declare come and see what God has done Because this is a work that you've begun in us father it's not even a work that we would even begin in of ourselves but it's a work that you've started in us father and you are faithful to complete I just pray, Father, if there's any among us today, Lord Jesus, or that would be listening to this podcast later, Lord, who who are not born again. Father, maybe they're sitting in churches. Maybe they have a false sense of hope that they're saved because they're following doctrines of demons. Because they still choose to live for self. Oh, how I pray that today would be the day, God, that they would hear the message of the gospel. That, God, you so love them that you sent your one and only son for them. And it's only through Christ that they can be reconciled back to you, Father. It is your loving kindness that draws them to repentance. That they would recognize in and of themselves that they are a sinner. A need of salvation that can only be found in Christ. And so, oh, how I pray, God, that they would not harden their hearts or turn from you, but God, that they would respond, not to man, but to you. And that they would hear the call of a disciple called to deny themselves to pick up the cross and to follow you Father your word says all of heaven rejoices (laughs) so what a beautiful testimony Father of your great love (laughs) that you would redeem a sinful creature who is at odds against you. But I thank you for your plan of redemption through Christ and the hope that one has who's outside of Christ to be born again of the Spirit. So may it be so for them today, God. And then, Father, I pray that they would take the next step to be baptized. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful outward expression of what's taking place inwardly. doesn't mean their life's all put together, but it's just confirming the decision that they've made. And it's just a representation of what's taking place, of dying to the old and coming up into the newness of life. Burying the old man, the old woman in that (laughs) water. Nailing it to your cross, Father. And then finally taking the step, God, that you've called them to, to be disciple, that they would come and, and learn to obey all of your commands. Because there's a whole new way of living. And we can't remain ignorant. Because then we could be taken captive. And we're not to be taken captive any longer. Because we're a free people. We're the people of God. And we're called to do the will of God for the glory of God. So I just thank you. If, that, if someone's making that decision today, God. And for those who are in Christ, I pray, God, that they will not grow weary in doing good. I pray, God, that they would be strengthened and established. I pray, God, that they would keep their eyes on Jesus. That they would be fit for your kingdom. And that you would protect them by the name of which you have been given, Jesus. By the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> God that they would walk upright amongst a wicked and perverse generation that they would be about our Father's business advancing your kingdom allowing you full access Holy Spirit to their lives, to their hearts, to their minds they won't live a life that's grieving you but they would live a life and step with you that honors Christ Father we see the condition of the earth and we, see, we recognize the signs of the time. But you're not to intimidate us. Oh but no, God, It's time to fan the flames within us that we may burn even brighter among the dark, dark world. So Father, send forth your people this week. May they be effective laborers in the harvest fields, Lord, I pray. And Lord, I thank you for the time together today, Lord, just to celebrate Natalie and Carter's birthday, Father. I thank you for both of their lives. I pray, God, that this upcoming year would just be a year of your favor upon them and your peace within them. Mm-hmm. I thank you, God, for, the, for them and just the opportunity just to love on them today. I thank you, God, for the provision that has been provided to, through Sherry to, to feed all of us today, Lord, and her serving us today as she's ultimately serving Christ and I pray, God, that she would be encouraged as well this day. I pray, God, this food will strengthen and nourish our bodies. And I pray, God, that our time of fellowship would just be sweet unto Christ. And that, Father, you would add to our numbers to those who are being saved. And we thank you, God, for this fellowship, for this family. Lord, I do pray, God, that we would treasure it. And that we wouldn't neglect it. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. If you need prayer, hang back. If not, head down.